hallelujah, hallelujah. Pastor Moore's coming right now. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jump on him, Jesus. Mess him up tonight, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, if he messes me up, y'all might as well just go to the house. <laughs> it's a done deal. Hallelujah. I know. Hallelujah. Ooh, praise God. God's been good to us. And we thank you, church, for being here tonight to worship and to call on the Lord and to be in his presence. Uh, I realize, amen, you work at a shipyard and other places and have to get up early and it's the third day of the week and the schedule's pretty tight and pushing damn to Bathsheba I understand so but you're still faithful to come and be a part of this service and we thank you for it 2nd Timothy 3 and 10 3 and 10 I'm going to use one verse tonight dealing with doctrine uh, we got the latter part of this chapter we might get to it we'll see uh, I wasn't going to try to be as lengthy tonight and uh as we talk about this, I am convinced and persuaded tonight that uh, the importance of doctrine, not only doctrine, but to learn them for yourselves, to get them established and grounded into your heart, into your mind, into your spirit. We know that in the end time, if you can be shaken, if you can be lured, if you can be deceived, it's going to happen. It's going to happen to every single vessel a man and so what's really gonna keep us and hold us and now there's a number of things from prayer to the Holy Ghost to these all work together but there's nothing like the doctrine of the Word of God to know to know what's in the book to know what's expected of you as a vessel of God and to and to make up in your spirit and heart and mind, even tonight, I cannot deviate from this without consequences. I'm telling you, we're living in a time to think they can just do whatever they want to with the word of God. We see in that among us. And that's, it doesn't work that way. Nobody's exempt from the vengeance of God in this life and in that one to come. Jude made that clear to us about the judgment of God. The angels didn't get by with it. Sodom and Gomorrah didn't get by with it. He's basically helping us to understand that as merciful and long-suffering and with a Savior like Jesus Christ, there's still some responsibility on our part, amen, to, to hear him say, well done. The, the, the Bible's told us the bride's going to make herself ready. You and I have to humble ourselves, submit ourselves. And so anyway, I'm going to keep you standing. I know it's Wednesday night. So 2 Timothy 3 and 10. But thou hast fully known my doctrine. Thou hast fully known my doctrine. This is, this is where I'm going to focus once we get there. Amen. Paul's writing to Timothy. This fully known, if you're going to see tonight, amen, it means that he fully followed 
his doctrines. He didn't try to add to them. He never tried to take from them. It didn't matter what church group he was going to. It didn't matter who he was standing before. It didn't matter who rose up against him. The doctrines stayed the same. He didn't change them from one group from another. He didn't, you know, we didn't have some peaks over here and some whatever over here. He wasn't a little harder on this bunch than he was this bunch. He treated them all, and when he came the same, in fact, Paul had so much confidence in Timothy, he knew a man that it would be as though he was there doing the speaking and instructing or the counseling or the correcting and possibly even rebuking whatever it was going to be needful amen to set up elders in the local assembly that the church might be the church of the living God Amen. I'm telling you if there's ever been a generation that needs elders to be elders elders are under attack Amen. And that's, that elder business is in a lot of more areas than what you think. How I many would you like to have some that's a little more elder in the White House? Acted like elders in the White House. <laughs> well, we could just drill right on down from that. And so, but the most important place is in the local assembly as elders of Jesus Christ. Lord, we love you tonight and appreciate you. We're so thankful for your compassion, your grace and mercy. Another opportunity to be in your presence. We're thankful for the church tonight. I'm thankful for every single soul that's able to be here tonight. That's here to hear your word, to feel your touch, and to be a part of this. We ask you to bless the children's church. Bless the guests that's come to be a part of it. You pour out your grace and mercy, God. You help those, God, to illustrate and say things that would sow the seed into their hearts and their souls and mind. God we understand the importance of putting this truth into our children's heart into their minds and spirit to create a hunger and a thirst inside of them for the Holy Ghost and for to be used of God and be used for your kingdom God bless these are here tonight those that were not are not able to be here your hand would be with them your voice would be with them touching blessing and healing and doing great things through and by the wonderful name of Jesus Christ God bless you praise God God. As we look at this particular verse and start through the process of it in 2 Timothy 3 and 1, and you're going to see what leads up to this 10th verse. You're going to see what Paul informs Timothy about the time and the hours and what he is to expect unfold. I couldn't help but ponder and wonder even today as I studied this and uh, in prayer. Uh, I wonder what, I wonder if Paul would ever dream that it would be some year, what, 2,000 plus years now that Jesus Christ has not come back. And the condition, the spiritual condition of our world. Amen. Not just our nation, but our world itself. And the, the atmosphere, the passions, the desires, the thoughts in men's minds and hearts and spirit. Uh, what they give themselves unto, what they surrender to, and their ideals and opinions, and what they call gods, and what uh, they, they call as their god, and their different beliefs, and amen, from one extreme to the other. And we see that. But yet, we still got the Bible. 
We still got the word of God, but we still got so many doctrines and, and so many uh, 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 denominations, and even in the religious ranks. But we got people that don't even believe in the word of God, period. You know, they got their own. They got the Koran. Amen. You got those that believes, amen, like Joseph Smith and Mormons, that an angel that's supposed to come down and visit him and gave him instructions and he rewrote it. Amen. But Paul instructed us, said, though we are an angel come preaching any other gospel consider them accursed that means to consider them damned their message their opinions their doctrine it doesn't matter if they call it fired out of heaven I don't care if they prayed over you and prophesied over you and you got a job and making a million dollars I'm telling you the word of God counsels it out we're not in this amen to be blessed in this life we in this to be saved we in this to hear him say well done thy good and faithful servant we got to be founded and built upon the sure word of God because the word of God's the only thing that's unchanging the word of God's the only thing that can change you and I the power of the word I'm going to you some of the word of God can't change you. You're an unchangeable. Forever condemned or in a place or a position. Hey, that worries me. The, the, the lack, and we could blame the ministers, or and I'll take some of the blame, but the effect that it used to have upon America. Brush Harbor services and take some of the most cruel harsh, mean people that would be in those communities and, and they would do what they could to try to shut it down but there would be something about the word of God and the power of God and the presence of God that would be in those services and that they would watch those tough grown individuals and it wasn't always men, it was sometimes women, a man that would finally make their way to those tent revivals and brush harvests and they would literally come crawling up in that sawdust, crying and broken, so torn up and just screaming. And man, it would just be unreal what would unfold and take place. And, and, but you know what? There was great prices for those things. There was no telling how many hours of prayer that had been spent and days and weeks and months of study, the word of God and preparation. So, and so that's one reason we got to watch today. The busyness that we're we in. We're in a busy life. Anybody, anybody not busy here? If you are, most of you are retired and you just kind of whatever. But you're probably busier than you want to be sometimes. Getting lured and called up into things. And what we feel is important and uh, needful. And uh, maybe sometime just something we want to enjoy doing. And I'm not preaching against none of that. I'm just telling you that's where we're at. But, but we've been warned of that. And, but Paul's writings here at the beginning of this chapter. He begins to write unto Timothy and help to warn him and prepare him for what he's going to face. And who he's going to face and how it's going to unfold. And there's going to be, you know, it's a, it's a full circle. It's a, just a full circle. You're going to see it even mentioned in these verses tonight of some of the individuals and what spirit's driving them and what's brought them to that place. But yet the church has still got to face it. The church has still got to battle it down. And you and I as, as disciples and followers of Jesus Christ. Uh, how many of you call yourself a disciple? I mean, you have called you a follower of Christ. And so <clears throat> that's what this is going to be about tonight.
And Paul's writing to Timothy in that 10th verse because that's what he's likened this unto, the doctrines, the doctrines. I'm telling you, if there's ever been a time that you need to really get it anchored down into your spirit and heart and soul. You heard it Sunday night, ladies. Amen. As clear as it can be. Amen. You know, and then I know, amen, we'll be shot down by most, but it doesn't change the word of God. But neither does it change the power of the word in your life with that uncut hair and in prayer. To have power of the angels and see demonstrations and power. I'm telling you, I show you in the New Testament where angels made visitations and made jailbreaks and, and things of that nature. So this gives you power and access to a resource and a power, amen, for your protection and for your guidance and help and to minister maybe in realms and places that you cannot, but you have the power of, through obedience and then prayer. As you activate in faith and put all this together, it brings this about. It brings it but the very first verse it goes like this then know also that in the last days perilous times now we heard that in the first letter if you go back to first timothy you're going to look back there and you're going to see where i believe it was the fourth chapter first timothy four it's kind of a liken unto it perilous times in fact uh, uh, just a couple of verses there that it talks about it. And, and so when you look back at it, you'll see and realize, uh, amen, what, what's unfolding. What Again, it just almost like a repeat. When you look back, it says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to what? Seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Amen. So this is not just having to deal with man and with their education and our and. Don't take that wrong, but I'm telling you, there is some, there's some real educated men that's got thousands of them following them, but they can't tell them the plan of salvation. Amen. They don't. They can't tell you what the gospel really is. They can't tell you, amen. And I, I cornered somebody up here just a little while back and made statement about going to a church of the full gospel. I told them they don't preach the full gospel. They don't believe in repentance, baptism, in Jesus' name, the infilling of the Holy Ghost. That's the good tidings. That's the good news. That is the gospel, the fullness of the gospel. You can't have the fullness of gospel without getting on this right foundation. You can't gather without being baptized in Jesus' name. You can't find it anywhere in the scriptures. Amen. If they preaching it and practicing it, it's because it's man-made. It's not God-given. And it's not God-ordained. And if whatever church they're having, well, they just have in church. But I'm telling you, great is a fall if you're not on the right foundation. Amen. And I'm telling you, you've got to get that anchored. And you've got to get that settled in your heart and spirit. But I'm going to tell you what. It can't just stop there. Amen. You can't, be an, you can't be an elder. Please understand what I'm trying to say with this. Amen. Don't get the wrong idea here. Amen. About an elder. Amen. You, it's not that you take the place of a pastor or something. But everybody in this house is an elder to somebody. You're going to be an elder to somebody because especially with all the children back there, amen, I'm telling you, Brother Cade, Brother Justin, you're elders of some of those kids back there. Amen, amen. They're going to watch you. They're going to they're gonna take note and see how you conduct yourself and how you handle and how you respond to things, especially when they get into the cab of that truck with you and you're going to town or, or going fishing or going somewhere else. They're going to be listening, amen, to that conversation. Hallelujah. They're going to be watching your mannerism. They're going to be watching your I'm telling you, it's important, amen, that they become a house full of elders here in Bendale, Mississippi, because it's going to take elders in this end time, amen, that's going to hold this thing together. Now, don't you take me wrong. I love the young people, and I appreciate them. I thank God for every single one of them. 
But I'm telling you, young people, it's not what's going to hold this thing together in the heat of the battle. We don't send the Boy Scouts across them waters, amen, to fight our battles for the United States of America. And I give all regard and respect to every single one of them. Every single one of them's ever been an eagle or anything else they've done. They're heading the right pathway. But I'm telling you what, you don't send them over there for them warfare, sir. And neither do you and I, amen. Hallelujah. Unless God, a special touch and a special call upon them individual. But it'll take them long to grow up. It'll take them long, amen. They don't walk around with the feelings on the shoulders. They don't walk around with a bad attitude and a bad spirit. They don't walk around, amen, and indulge in the world and the things of the world. They find themselves in prayer. They find themselves in the word of God. They find themselves in the house of God, faithful to the house of God. Find themselves faithful doing those things that's upright and wholesome. That's, that's where they find pleasure. That's where they find true joy. i tell you something. You could get drunker than they can out there in that world. Oh, yes, you can. You can get higher than any drug out there. Huh. Oh, they tell me that, that, that those druggies are always looking for that first high again. Man, you know what? We hadn't reached our plateau yet. There's experiences that we haven't even experienced here yet that God wants to give us. There's highs in the Holy Ghost and highs in the Lord God. I'm telling you, the sky's not even the limit. Hallelujah. The sky's where we're going to meet him at. The sky's going to be the starting place, baby. Hallelujah. Until we get there, amen, we can have some experience even on this Wednesday night. Why? Because we can hold to the doctrine. And the doctrine's going to bring us through. And the doctrine's going to be a settled and ankle, amen. It doesn't matter about the numbers, honey. Amen. When you're right, you're right. It don't matter if the whole world's against you. Don't make any difference whatsoever. Man, as long as you're settled and grounded because we're facing some times. And Paul's making that clear. If you look back at this, I'm not real sure just how far that is. That's, you know, they, they predict and they tell us. Now, they're almost absolutely sure, all the scholars and everybody, that this Second Timothy is the last epistle that Paul wrote. Actually, the first T Timothy and Titus was written. He just got out of jail. Just got out of prison, the Roman prison. Some two or three years, I think it was like 62 or three or four, amen, that he got out. And in that period of time, he was with Timothy and them. But now they had arrested him when he back to Tross. And there they arrested him the second time. And now this time, amen, is where he begins. And you'll later on see where he's writing to Timothy and talking about bringing Mark and bringing the parchment and all that because he knew his face and death and he was ready to give up. It's in the latter part of this, this epistle here that he writes and talks about that. And so the point I'm trying to make to us tonight, the writings that Paul gave to Timothy here, he knew that this is going to be some of the last recording words that he could write down for these, these young pastors and what he called the sons of faith, amen, that he helped and helped him, amen, as soldiers of the kingdom and as soldiers of the gospel that endured many of things and battles. But you know as well as I do, the book of Acts told us what Paul warned even the elders of Ephesus. Amen. That raving woods are going to come in and scatter the flock. Amen. Because So he knew the importance of hallelujah, getting some men established and getting some folks grounded. Hallelujah. That's the reason we got to have parents. Amen. It's got their minds made up. Hallelujah. We're not going to compromise just because our little babies is coming on the scene now. We're not going to broaden this thing up. We're not going to change it up. Amen. And this is what it took for us. This is what it's going to take for the next generation. Hallelujah. If they had to go through these trials and tribulations and heartaches, then the next generation's got to do it. Come on. Amen. Quit pampering them so much. Quit babying them so much. You're spoiling them. Amen. If you're not careful, you're making a prat for somebody to try to deal with the rest of their lives. 
ain't trying to be ugly here. I'm just telling you like it is. Hallelujah. And I'm not telling you, if you're not careful, we'll raise, we'll raise young people. Amen. Giving them everything they want. You know, every camp meeting, every, everything, just paying it off. They don't know anything out about getting out there and working and laboring. Hallelujah. Making the sacrifice. I'm going to tell you something who really enjoys it. It's that when they got out there and sold donuts and got washed cars and worked and labor. Amen. To pay their way there. Hallelujah. When they get there, honey, they're going to get their meat in business. They didn't go just to play ball. They didn't go to just find a girlfriend or a boyfriend. And there's nothing wrong with those things. But it can't be the price. Priority. The priority has got to be God and the kingdom of God. And so at first the kingdom of God. This is a doctrine you and I got to instill in them. But you and I can't do it as elders. If we play games with God. When it comes to church time and when it comes our responsibility at a local assembly. To be committed, to be dedicated, to follow through. To, to, to know, to do what we know to do. The Bible has taught us that he that knoweth to do good. And do it that not to him. Not to everybody else, but to him it's sin. Amen. So when you know to do it, God expects us to do it. There's some things he shows a lot of compassion and mercy. He showed that to Saul because he didn't have any ignorance. But after God revealed to him on that road to Damascus, he expected him to start humbling and yielding himself and waiting, amen, until the man of God got there, amen, and praying hands on him. The scales dropped, and he obeyed him and submitted himself until he got baptized in Jesus' name and received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And just because everybody didn't give him the right hand of fellowship, and he prays on later that God would forgive him, amen, and not charge him against it. But you know what? He didn't bail out. Hallelujah. He didn't go another direction. He still he didn't try to come up with a different gospel. He didn't try to come up with a different Jesus. Hello, he didn't try to change none of that. Hello, he still preached the gospel. Now he taught the Gentiles a little different than the Jews. Amen. Because they were Gentiles. And because the Jews was coming in and trying to add to the gospel and add to the doctrine. Amen. And to make demands upon them that was not scripture and was not the will of God. I'm telling you, we'll have a right to add or take from it. But we got the responsibility to hold on to it. Nobody else is going to come down here and do it for you. The angels can't, come, they can't, can't even preach the gospel to you. All they can do is give you instructions and guidance of who to get. Amen. And who to, who, to, who to get a hold of. But when it comes down to it, it's up to you and I. That we purpose in our hearts and minds and spirit. I'm going to live right. I can't worry about what Susie's doing. I can't worry about what Jack's doing. I got to worry about what William's going to do. I got to worry about how I'm going to respond to it. How I'm going to believe it. Why I believe it. Why do I believe this? Have I read it in the word of God for myself? Can I find it in the word of God? Amen. The life that I'm living. The convictions I'm living. Can I find them in the scripture? Because if I can't find them in the scripture, then, then it's fault. It's an error. But when it's in the word of God, it doesn't matter about everybody else's opinion. It don't even matter about my opinion. The word of God convicts me. There's nothing more powerful. I'm telling you, there's a likeness of the word of God convicting lives in, the, in our world today. Because we have mishandled this word and just done it any old way. It's not just anybody's word. It's not just anything that's been written down. But holy men of God is able to know and moved on by God himself. Written it down for you and I. And I'm going to tell you through all the ages of time and translations from Hebrew and Greek and all the other things, God's hand was still on it. God's favor was still on it. And there's enough in this King James Bush, I promise you, to get us out of here and get us on the other side. But we got to hold on to it. You can't listen to everybody. The opinions of everybody. Man, I've had some to tell me, well, Jesus don't have no last name. He don't need one. All power is in the first name. The only name. Praise God. I mean, we can get foolish about this. And 
and get silly about it. And that's coming up here in a minute. About being silly. Praise God. And ladies, I sure hope it ain't offensive to you. It's not. You'll just, just listen to what Paul tells Timothy here. And so when you looked at that and you go back in 1 Timothy. Now the Spirit, it's capitalized. You're talking about God, Jehovah, the Holy Ghost. Expressly. That in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Some's going to fall. Some's going to go. You got to make up in your mind, I'm not going. Care who they are. Love them, pray for them. Try to do your best to win them back. But you got a purpose in your own heart. I'm I'm not deviating. I'm not compromising. I'm going to hold on to it. Amen. Speaking lies in hypocrisy and having their conscience sheared with a hot iron. I'm telling you, there's more conscience sheared in the day that we're living in. Very little, little of, of, of sorrow and things of this nature. No, we're living in a world today that's trying their best to pull all the sins, pushing them down God's throat. Demanding, amen, churches to change their, their articles of faith. Demanding, amen, the local assemblies and religious gatherings, amen, to change their standards. But I'm telling you, it's a time to stand like we've never stood. When you've done all you can do to stand, Stand, just stand when you're standing on the doctrines when you're built and they found your way on the rock honey I'm telling you the storms are coming the storm is blowing the waters are coming the rain the lightning's blinding but we bound and I found ourselves on the sure word of God we are connecting ourselves to the chief cornerstone we're following the apostles doctrines hallelujah we're not adding or taking from it but we can hold on to it with everything it is within us and as we stand on them I promise you God's not going to fail us God's not going to come on short day man performing the miracles and wonders of sign and pouring his spirit out upon all flesh. I'm believing that. I'm believing, man, that service, man, the power of God and the spirit of God just falls in this house. Hallelujah. May have us all in the carpet, rolling, speaking in tongues and walking around in God's presence. Amen. That's fine with me if God sees fit to do that. So as we, we begin to go back to this first verse, know also that in the last days, perilous times. Simply perilous means dangerous, grievous, difficult. Every time you go out in the highways or the byways, out in the field, the Bible talks about that with Jesus, that he gives us the ability to go out in the field and make it back. Amen. We got to lay off. We got to, you got to, you got to deal with life and you got to rub shoulders with some folks and you're going to encounter some people. And as much as God's working on your behalf and for you, there is a devil, a Lucifer that's against you. And he's setting up means and traps and snares and he'll lure at you. He'll set up devices. Amen. Because he's after you. And he's not just after you, he's after your babies. Sister Mallory, you don't mind me saying this. Sister Mallory texted me just this week and said, Hey, Jaylee's hit me up about wanting to be baptized. So she's kind of been on her mind for a little while and things of this nature. And I said, Sure. Amen. That's what we've been praying. I pray they all get stirred up. 
I pray they all get a hunger to thirst. And not just to be baptized in Jesus' name, but to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. But our conduct at house helps generate that. Our conduct, amen, when we're going to the highways and the byways, helps generate that. Amen. Whenever sometimes, even in a car going down the road, and we got that gospel song going, and we're clapping and loving and worshiping, magnifying God. Hallelujah. Amen. They feel that presence. They feel that glory. When they see the hand of God and the presence of God alive and well in our homes, not just at the house of God, not just when I come to church, but when it's alive and well at my home, when it's alive and well working, amen, around us. Amen. I'll tell you, this thing's alive. It's powerful. It has a drawing power. I'd love to see them all getting the Holy Ghost before they get 10, 11, 12. That don't mean those at that age can't get it now. I'm just saying, I'd just love to see that. That's the best thing that's going to happen to them. Help them in the world and the times that we're living because of the spiritual demonical forces and powers of, of deception that's running rapid all around us. And you know what? Kids sometimes can be more honest than anybody else. They can look at some of them individuals and devils and say, oh, you'll go to hell over that. They might get by with it. Well, you and I can't be quite like that. Amen. You know, hallelujah. But they're just being honest and they don't mean it hurtful. They don't mean it disrespectful. Hallelujah. That's just what they've been taught. Amen. That's how they've been instructed. And you know what? When we instruct them and lead them, amen, out of this book, that's the reason you've got to read it. That's the reason you've got to know it. That's the reason you've got to learn it. The doctrines that you have learned, the doctrines that you have learned, the doctrines that you have grounded and established in your heart and your mind and your spirit, there's not a devil that. That can deceive you. There's not a man with a philosophy and, and a silver tongue, amen, to mislead you. Revelation, honey, when God gives you a revelation, I'll tell you, there's nothing like it. When God opens your eyes and the scale drops and God removes, honey, there's nothing like it. And so, as you see, there's perilous times that we're going to be facing and having to deal with and become a part of. And uh, uh, he goes on, he says, for men shall be what? Lovers of themselves and Self-centered. Are we not there? Can I say this without being ugly? I'd watch taking all them selfies. Man, you can get so concerned about yourself. <laughs> well, praise God. It's, 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 it's a spirit. Amen. It's, it's all about men. And you listen to this list. He goes on, he says, for men shall be lovers of themselves, covetous, boasters. A covenant, amen, is not only a love for money, but it's a, a desire for possessions of others. I won't, I won't, I'd like to have this and that one and this one and that one. And, uh, you know, and it can be from small things to great things. Man, it's that, yeah, you have to watch all this. This is, we can get a hold of individuals and their lives and their hearts. And amen. It's so, so, anyway, it's there. Boasters. Amen. Braggers. All the time bragging. Amen. When you, when you get in conversation with people and most of their conversation is about their self. Okay. Holy Ghost filled people. I'm going to tell you what. You're not going to be around them long. The word of God, the Lord, something about it, it's going to come up. I mean, if, if you can watch them. They come in that hardware store after a while, but it ain't going to be long. It's going to come up. It's going to be a, somehow, some way, you know. Amen. It's just, it's just something about it. And uh, it just comes up. And, and proud and blasphemers and disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. 
And that natural affection there, if you do, the most of commentaries believe, that's even between families, between fathers, amen, and sons, and mothers, and daughters, and, and like this type of affection that should just be natural. That just should be there. But the world and the spirit of iniquity and the, the callousness and conscience becoming sheared and, and things of this nature, and especially when you get self-centered, Begins to be all about you and your desires and your passions and satisfying, pleasing you at whatever cost, whatever cost. Amen. And he says, truce breakers and false accusers, incontinent fears and despisers of those that are good. Man, despisers of those that's doing good, that's living right, that's, that's, that's letting God's favor and blessings work. So, so this, he's warning him. He's helping Timothy to realize what's coming, what's, what's among them, what's going to happen and take place. And he begins to talk about the traitors and high-minded lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness. A form, a lot of times, is the external with no substance on the inside. You know, dressing it, but really don't have the goods on the inside. You know, that's, that's like building a building and advertising. Amen. You can build a fancy building and do all the outward work. You know, it been, my wife wouldn't enjoyed our house too much if all we ever done was the outside. Never put any flooring in, never put any furniture in, didn't put any, no kitchen Amen. We just walled up, had two before walls, and now from the outside, everybody could drive by and take pictures of it. Said, "Man, boy, them mowers live in a nice house." Somebody drive by and say, "You ever been on the inside?" Watch this, boy. I'm, I'm going to be. I'm a little ugly right here, but it's the truth. There's some places that got beautiful facilities, some million dollar facilities, but you don't want to go on the inside. It's like a bunch of raving wolves, jealousy toward one another, envy toward one another, bittering, amen. They control the pulpit, amen. They control everything about it. They hand you a little card, amen, and you're going to start here and you're going to quit here. You're going to do this and you're going to do that and we're going to be out of here. We're going to go worship our other gods, especially on special Sundays. We're going to bring our God in and we're going to put up the big screen and we're all going to bow down to him. We're all going to worship him, amen. We're all going to give ourselves those beautiful facilities on the outside, but when you get on the inside, what really matters is what's going on on the inside inside. If it's false doctrines and, and hypocrisy that's going on. Amen. And they can't tell you the plan of salvation and they can't instruct you how to be saved and how to be redeemed. And they don't believe in the power of prayer and they don't believe in the supernatural and they don't believe in miracles. Hallelujah. They don't believe in the move of God anymore. Come on. I'm just telling you like it is. That house, amen, become a house of a den of thieves. It become a house and a place, amen, of false doctrines. It become a house and a place, amen, of demonic forces and powers of evil. False prophets, amen. Hallelujah. Sheep clothing on. But inside they're like a race. Wolves. We need God. We need the doctrine, the power of God, the anointing of the Lord in our lives like never before to help us. Help us with all of this stuff and to overcome it. He goes on. He said, a form of darkness, but denying what? The power thereof. What is the power? Acts 1 and 8 told us the power to witness is the Holy Ghost. Without the Holy Ghost, you can't be a true witness of God. So I'm telling you, the Bible's taught us anybody and everybody that has taught says you don't have to have the Holy Ghost, then, then it's false. 
Because it's impossible to be a witness of God without the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is what does the witnessing. You and I are just earthen vessels with a heavenly treasure that we allow to flow through us. It's not by our powers or not by our abilities or not by our talents. Amen. It's the goodness of God. Amen. It flows through us. It's His option and anointing that flows through us. It's His power and presence and love that we demonstrate. Amen. From such, watch this. Go back. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such, turn away. Turn away. Turn, turn away from them. Don't, 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 don't be involved. Don't be associated with them. Amen. Why? For of this sort are they which creep. One translation said worms. Worms their way in to houses to leave captive silly women. Laden with sins. That means overwhelmed, overpowered, overcome with it. Of, of desires and passions. And probably if you go back to Paul's day and you get a little better understanding of maybe some of the teachings, instructions, and the lack thereof that, that a lot of the women didn't have. And they had to depend on their husbands or things of this nature. Amen. They, they wouldn't treat it the same. But anyway, but, but these silly women, he talks about that. And, and so as we look at this... Amen. And so that laden, that means implying heavily, you know, loaded down with it. Now watch this. Amen. With sins led away. James helped us out. He said a man's thrown away by his own lust. That man there can also include a woman. Man, led away by your own lust and your enticement and your passion, your desire. Amen. That lust, amen, could get a hold of you in such a way it'll cause you to start questioning the doctrine. It'll cause you to start to, well, I think, I, I don't think we have to do that. We got a good reason why we're going to, you'll start reasoning with it. And you got to watch that power of reasoning. You got to start watching, amen. All of a sudden, you got to let the word of God trump everything, amen. All your reasoning or excuses of why you're going to do this or go in that direction or join in fellowship with that. Hey, we got some scriptures going to deal on with some of that as we keep going through some of this. Amen. He goes on. He talks about uh, led away with divers lusts, um, passions. Amen. To watch it. Some of them talked about the commentaries and translations talked about those passions, desires was to change. Now this is their identical words. Now to change the doctrine, having a passion and desire to change the doctrine. You know, to broaden it out, to not to demand it. I'm telling you, before this thing is over with, you're going to watch the Catholic churches and a lot of the rest of them change their doctrines on homosexuality. <laughs> well, I'm just telling you. Amen. If you and I are not grounded and settled right, I mean, we're going to battle with it. All right, they, they come in. They, not, they didn't stop with just this, the Methodists. They're going to come after the Baptists. They're going to come after Presbyterians. They're going to come after. Come, come after them. Try their best to tear them down. And if they don't have the spiritual leaders, amen, with the gall and the backbone, and the revelation of God in their hearts and minds and settled. And you know what? You and I know they're not. Again, I'm being harsh here, but they don't have the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is what makes all the difference in the world. Truth. Knowing you're standing on truth is what's going to make all the difference. Man's understanding is not going to get us out of here. It's God, the revelation, experience of God. If God's for you. But if God's not for you. We gotta have let God be for us. So we gotta keep ourselves in that in that condition, in that place that we can. I know I'm taking a while to get here. Now you see why I got just one verse tonight. 
Amen. But but for this verse to be as 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 powerful as it is, Amen. To to really affect us, ever learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Amen. The, the, the knowledge of it. Amen. The knowledge, amen, is actually a safeguard against that of error. Another place the Bible's told us that knowledge gives power. Knowledge, with knowledge, there's power. Amen. When you have true knowledge and, and understanding, uh, uh, I mean, I, you know why I hate mechanicing? Because I don't have no knowledge about it. I despise it. I hate it. I'd rather pay somebody. Because every time I fool with it, I have enough knowledge about it. Amen. When those little things won't come loose, I snatch them and pull on and break them. And then I have to you know, figure out a way to fix them. Amen. I'm telling you, it's been more than one time. If it had been a nerve sticking out on that vehicle about that far, I'd have grabbed that thing. So I'd have had that truck popping. Boom, boom, boom. Amen. Hallelujah. So you don't want me to work on your truck or your car or nothing else. I'm not a mechanic. Hallelujah. But, uh, you know, but if I'd had an instructor, if I'd had some Somebody there to help me and gave me some knowledge. It's not that I really hate it. I just don't know what I'm doing. I don't have a clue what to do. And but if once you get some knowledge of how to do it, it's not so bad. It's kind of like some of you ladies might you know you may make a cake like somebody else, and, but you don't have no knowledge how to make it. And when you make it, it's a flop, and you give up. Or now you call them and say, Hey, how'd you make that cake? Give me the recipe. What's the what's the secret to this thing? Give me some knowledge. Give me some insight about that. And so that's the same way with this. Knowledge, knowledge is a safeguard against error. It's a Gets the voices, amen. It don't matter where they come from and who they come from. If it's contrary to the word of God, I don't care if it's your mama, your daddy, I don't care who it is and where they come from. I'll tell you, when it's a voice against the word of God that you know, amen, in your heart, mind, and spirit, amen, it's an arrow of the word of God. The word of God's right and they're wrong. Under all circumstances, they're wrong. I'm saying that, I'm meaning that. Because there are circumstances and situations we might justify why we feel this way and why we want to take these actions and start going in that direction. But if it's an error, it's an error, regardless of how you try to justify it. Amen. This is what I'm talking about being the difference. Amen. You know, <laughs> Marshall to get by poking his lip out and, you know, boohooing about this and boohooing about that. And, but you and I, you know, after a while, you know, you, you walk around with your lip. Somebody hit you? <laughs> but no, you know, you, you, you just, you're not going to do that. How many of you ever took a selfie of yourself? <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Boo-hoo and pouting about something, you know. Uh, again, we're talking about growing up. We're talking about being elders. We're talking about walking the Holy Ghost. You think you're going to get out of this without fighting? You're kidding yourself. You think you're going to get out of it without afflictions and trials? Paul's going to make all this clear to Timothy. Amen. This is what's going to happen. This is what's going to have to take place. And next verse picks up and it talks about Janus and Jambres. Amen. Janus, Jambres. Amen. Are names. Amen. That withstood Moses. And watch it. Not only Moses, but they withstood, resisted the truth. But these are names of the magicians that rose up against Moses and against truth. Those spirits are still running a rapid today. Amen. Resisting truth and trying to put it out. And don't you think they want to attack you? Amen. You become the apple. You know what? We always talk about with the apple of his eye. Did you know I read this? week and I believe it was in Proverbs a man to allow his word to be the apple our apple I'm gonna go back and look it up y'all looking at me like I'm I'm telling you amen when we allow this become the apple of our eye as we are the apple of his eye 
we allow this to become the apple of our eye, our desire, our passion. I want to please this. I want to obey this. At whatever cost, I, I, want, to, I want to honor this. I want to submit myself. I want to yield myself. And it's a constant, it's a constant progress. I, I promise you. So when I say that, don't take that as a condemning way. Take that as, well, you know what? I want to do it. I want to love his commandments and statutes and principles. I want to love them. Amen. I, I don't want them to be rules. I want it to be a way of living. Man, I've done read enough in this book. The way of a transgressor's heart. Amen. The way of sinners and life and homes of sinners. Amen. It's full of turmoil and heartaches and disappointments. Those that choose the way of the, of the, of the alcohol and wine. Come on. He tells kings and, and, and kings and judges. He said, don't drink of that. It messes with your reason. You, you want reason right. You want to handle things right. You know, so, it, so there's just a lot to it anyway. When he goes from that, they shall proceed no further. You go back and read all that, you'll see they only went so far to the lies and then it was revealed. And you know, and so they're not going to proceed. So that's the way, anyway, with false doctrine, false t- 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 teaching, amen. It's not going to make it. You can't build off of false, it's going it's it's to crumble out from under you. It's just a matter of time. Stay with truth, stay with the doctrines of truth. And so we're finally going to get to our key verse here, amen. And so it's the 10th verse. But thou hast fully known my doctrines, they have fully. You have committed, you have fully, you have completely given yourself, Timothy. You have fully known my doctrines. And so as you begin to look at that and begin to observe what's really being said, it's put this way. And it talks like the Greek word, but that Greek word is about 20 letters long. Amen. The Holy Ghost will move on me. I might try to pronounce it, but it's not, and I'm not. Amen. Praise God. If you want a number, it's 3877. Fully followed up. Traced. Anybody ever done any tracing? Sure, all of us as kids, man. We couldn't draw. Now, some of you could draw. You didn't, but us, it couldn't, man. We got something traced it. We had to draw something for school, so we got something. Got the magazine out and got something, you know, and traced it. They thought, we, no, we just done a good job of tracing it. With a view of following me as thy pattern. Who are you following? Who, who are your, your, who's, who's your example? Let me ask us. Come on, we're the adults now. We become the example. We become the pattern. It's kind of what they, they've been telling me at the hardware store the last, I don't know, the last year or two. Everybody, not everybody, but quite a few come in. When are you going to retire? I don't know if they all want me to retire. I don't know what they all want. Praise God. But I had one ask me this week, hey, when are you going to retire? <laughs> Amen. And things of this nature. So, so but uh, uh, I, I guess, but they, they tell us, she said, a couple of them said, you know, we're taking the old folks' place. I said, you are? <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, but praise God, we are. Amen. So, so, so we become the elders. We become the pattern. We become the example to all of these other little ones to follow us. And, and so how many of you know I make mention of that about at, at every baby dedication. I pull everybody in because you know what? We all are going to play a part in that child. So if they're a part of this assembly, we're going to play a part in one form or another. Amen. It may just be a few words. It may be through a Sunday school class, a youth department, or some other department, amen, but you're going to impact that child in some manner, in some way. It may be that you never speak to them, but you impact them by not doing that. Or it may be that you took a lot of time, or at least some time, you knelt down 
I would do that, but I, I loaded too much corn yesterday, even I don't want to do it. <laughs> Got right down with them and just loved them and called them by name and just spent a little time. Made them feel like they're somebody and feel important. You'd be amazing what that'll do. That's the way we want them at the house of God. That's the way we want them felt at the house of God. Man, we're glad you're here. <laughs> we're glad you're part of this service. We're glad you're in here. Amen. Well, they're screaming, but they'll get over it. Just give them a little while. They'll be sitting in a few days where you're at. It won't take long. But it's important that what you and I do as elders to help them along the journey. So following this pattern, amen. So we, we must do, do what? And he goes on for that. For what? As I followed Christ. Even Paul said it. Follow me as long as I follow Christ. So we got a pattern. And so this example has been set. Amen. This pattern has been given to us over and over. And so we don't need to let it slip. Brother Ford actually preaching some of that. And talks about traditions. Amen. That's traditions that's been handed down to us. And got the results. If you want results, go back and look at it. And how, how to accomplish those things or achieve those things. And he goes from that. He says, and being a diligent follower is another statement that's made about it. Being a diligent follower Amen. What did Elisha have to do with Elijah? If he was going to get that double portion, if he was going to get that blessing, amen. It didn't matter where Elijah was going. It didn't matter what he was going to cross over. It didn't matter what group of people he was going to meet. Amen. Elisha, amen, was going to get that double blessing. Man, he hung right with him. He didn't let nothing, amen, cause him to deviate or counter his way. Amen. That's like them good deer dogs. Amen. If you got a good deer dog, honey, that old buck deer ain't going to shake him. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, we've had some dogs, amen. If you shoot up buck deer in front of them. That buck deer can go through two or three does. But I tell you, that old dog, amen, will come right back through there and he'll pick that old buck up. He knows the one that the powder is going to burn in front of. Are you hearing me tonight? Amen. When you get your mind made up and you get your heart made up and your spirit made up, God, I'm going to be saved. Not only am I going to be saved, God, I'm going to walk in the pattern that's been handed down to me. I'm going to walk in the doctrine that's been given to me. It may cost me a lot. It may cause me a lot of heartaches, a lot of disappointments, a lot of struggles sometimes, and a lot of bringing this old flesh under subjection and mortifying the deeds of this body and getting this thing by the nap on the next sometime and pulling up in that mirror you're not going to drag me to hell you're not going to cause me to miss out with God you're going to mislead my children and my babies and those that's watching me you're not going to do it I'm going to put you on an altar amen I'm going to crucify you and I'm going to bring you under subjection that's what the doctrine of the Lord of God will do for you and I is bring this old man back under subjection you let that old man up He's constantly getting his feelings hurt. He's constantly upset about this and upset about that. This is not right and that's not right. This is wrong and everything else is wrong. Hallelujah. You've got to bring this old man under subjection. When I get to the house of God, all that matters is there's a move of the Holy Ghost. And the doctrines of the Lord Jesus Christ is preached. And somebody can receive the Holy Ghost. And somebody can be healed. And we can feel the freshness of God and the newness of God. Even on a Wednesday night like tonight. His goodness and grace and mercy moving in among us. So we got to make up in our mind. Watch this, Luke 1 and 3. Just use this as an example. The reason that Luke wrote, amen, listen. It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first. I don't put nothing in this, but there's a possibility that, you know, there's no telling how many writings were actually going out and how many opinions was going out. And here's Luke saying, wait a minute. From the very beginning, I got an understanding of this. 
I got a revelation of this. I mean, this is a writer of the book of Acts, okay? Amen. So look, the physician that walked with Paul in his last days. If you go back and study that, amen, when they put him in that second prison and where he's dying at. I tell you what Bishop Odom said about Luke. God arranged it for Luke, the physician, to be with Paul in his last days because he'd been beat up so much. And he'd been, his body had been through so many turn, turmoils and things of that nature. He was there to help minister to him. Amen. When nobody else could do it, God arranged it, amen, for Luke, the physician, to be with him in his last days and last journey. And right down to the very last day of his life, Luke was with him. Amen. And so we see here the reason this understand that I'm going to write this oh Theophilus amen because I got a revelation I got an understanding and I'm going to write it and thank God thank God amen that, that he moved upon holy men to give us the written word of God and I'm going to tell you yourself you're not cheating nobody but yourself if you don't take the time to read it if you don't take the time to dig into it if you don't have no desire to read the word of God I'm going to tell you something I, I'm questioning your relationship with God and your love for God if you don't have a desire to pray because you got a lack of crucifying your faith and ordering your time don't say you don't have time you got time that's a lie don't listen to that devil make time make time make time if nothing else put it on your phone don't go down the road without it on well huh. wash the dishes with it on that's better than screaming at the youngins <laughs> praise God Hallelujah. Full clothes with it on. You can. It's just a matter of if we got a passion or desire to do it. Amen. To, to take some time out to hear it. Amen. Have an ear to hear the word of God. Hallelujah. This is how you go to faith. Come it by what? By hearing. If you don't have much faith, it would be because of a lackness of the hearing the word of God. A lackness of reading and studying it. Hallelujah. This is how it comes without that. Amen. You can't depend on just three meals in a week. You can't just spend those Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday nights, honey. That's not going to get the job done. That's not going to sustain you. That's not what's going to hold you through. It's a personal relationship and encounter with God. And there's not anything better than the Word of God. Reading it, amen. Loving it. Allowing it affect us. You'll find weapons and instructions and guidance and coaching out of this thing, honey, in all your circumstances and situations. Okay, nobody knows where you're at like God knows where you're at. God could direct you out of this word right here that I'll never preach on it. Oh, I'm talking to us tonight now. God's talking to us. God wants to talk to you. It's God's business to save you. God gets no glory out of witness being lost. He's in the business of saving. Jesus said, I didn't come to destroy man. I come to save man. I didn't come to destroy the Old Testament, honey. I came, amen, to fulfill the Old Testament. And through that fulfilling, you and I as Gentiles, we was without hope. We was without a door. We was without an exit. Amen. Until Jesus Christ come on the scene. And now you and I have the opportunity, even on this reason, to be in his presence and to feel his word and to hear his word. Word. How blessed we are in this house. Praise God. Praise God. Well, I'm trying. Praise God. Uh, I'm going to bypass a few scriptures. Um, huh. Let's go back to couple of scriptures. First Timothy 4 and 6. If I put the brethren in remembrance of these things and it actually dealt with marriage eating meat things of this nature. That's what he just talked about. But Paul's writing to Timothy and telling him. He says remember these things. Thou shalt be what? A good minister of Jesus Christ. 
nourishing up the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast obtained. Amen. That tame means closely followed. <laughs> Amen. He stayed with it. He kept just being consistent and steadfast and following and going through with that. Amen. When you look at Matthew 13, 52, watch this. Then said he unto them, Jesus Christ talking here, one verse. Therefore, every scribe which is instructed unto the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is a householder. Now watch this. Which bringeth forth out of his treasure things new and old. Nothing wrong with singing them new songs sometimes. Well, now, that's what I say. Y'all feel that? Ought not be. Nothing wrong with singing new ones, and there's sure is nothing wrong with the old ones. So we're going to have a, 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 a scribe that's going to pull out of, out of that he's laid up. And even the new he gets, he's going to compare it to the old. There's going to be a good mixture between the two. Because if you don't have revelations and experiences of God, are you going to live off of just Brush Harbor days? Are you just going to live off of Grandma's days? Are you just going to live off? Are you going to get some bread for yourself? Are you going to get some experiences for yourself? Hallelujah. Yes. The doctrines. Are you watching? Some of them old doctrines that you learned in Sunday school are right. I don't care. Let the world make light of them. Let them make fun of it. But I tell you, just like with Jonah, in the Sunday school class, we learned that the whale swallowed him. And that's exactly what happened. And when you get to high school and go to college and no scientific bunch wants to tell you that a whale case was, you tell them you don't know what you're talking about. I learned in Sunday school that a whale swallowed Followed a man, and his name is Jonah, and there it is. It's a settled deal. But you got to hold on to them doctrines. But I'm gonna tell you something. You got to also get some new things coming in your life. Hey, you got to mix it up. I tell you, he's, he's gonna pull from the old, and he's gonna also pull from the new. Well, there it is. It's in the book. Praise God. Good balance, good balance. So, when you look at a scribe, every scribe is known as a Christian teacher. Amen. It, it, as we look at that and understand. You know, Jesus, again, and I won't go to that scripture, but in Matthew 23 and 34, he talks about sending them. Sending the prophets, the scribes, amen, ministers. <laughs> and he said, hey, some of them you killed. Some of them you scourged. Some of them, you know, you persecuted. Praise God. And so sometimes we may rise up against the very ones that can save us, that instruct us, that guide us. Amen. <laughs> you know, you know. Doctrine and coaching, instructing, it all works together. Somebody's got to have some leadership and some direction in all that. Uh, let's, let's go on down. When he talks about out of the treasure, his store of divine truth, a place. It was actually a place of deposit. That's the reason reading the bread of life and having that fellowship even on a daily basis. 
if you may not have but just a, a minute to read maybe one chapter, a few verses. Uh, ask God to help you. Believe me, God. Uh, because you know what? God, God sometimes can take that, those few scriptures. And as you deposit them into your heart and your mind and spirit. Somewhere along that day or maybe three days down the road. All of a sudden that that you deposit comes up. Comes needful. You got to draw from it. You got to pull from it. Amen. And maybe for yourself or possibly for somebody else. But, but you allowed yourself to deposit it. Amen. And put it. And, and so that's that treasure that he talks about there. That's what he's talking about. It went on. And I know I done mentioned, amen, about ministers of Christ. 1 Corinthians 4 and 1 and 2 says, Let, let a man so account of us as what? As of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mystery of God. Amen. We're, we're called upon to be a faithful steward. The next verse says, moreover, it is required. Amen. In stewards, amen, to do what? To be found faithful as stewards or elders. We must be found to be faithful. And I know my time's out, but uh, let's, let's take heart of this. Let's purpose in our minds and hearts and spirits. Hey, I want, to be, I want to be more of a soul winner than I've ever been in all my life. I'm just being honest with you tonight. Amen. I want to impact somebody. I want to, I want to, and when I say that, I just want to walk where God wants us to walk. Be what God wants us to be. Witness to people. Love people. Amen. Do what we can. Hallelujah. You know, doing a little planting, do a little sowing, do a little watering, do a, you know, whatever it might be. But God, God could give an increase. We put something out there. Amen. And lay stuff out there and among people. I mean, being concerned about winning people. Amen. Not just bypassing them. Not just, you know, having rubbing shoulders with but being in prayer and studying saying you know what God if you lead somebody in my path today I want to be a light to them I want to be a witness and I know I know that's going to be dangerous sometimes because that may be that very lunatic hey man it comes walking by right in your path about that day hallelujah but let it be let it be let God use you let God anoint you this is what this is all about it's God's business you can see at the very beginning of Acts he meant for it to multiply he meant for it to increase and so we want God to help us. Amen. We want to do more than just save ourselves. Do what we can to save others. Do what we can to help others and bless others, uplift others. You can stand. I'm, I'm through. I, uh, maybe I'll pick up. I, I just had three pages. I got one and a half. So uh, anyway, we, we're trying to get there. Praise God. There was a lot I'd like to talk about with First Peter's and Romans and things of that nature. Just being stewards and followers of Jesus Christ and things of this nature. Praise God. Hallelujah. Can I, can I use one though? While you stand in just a moment. John 3. John 3 and 27. And there, there's some scriptures there. And this is John the Baptist that we're talking about. Jesus was, was baptizing. There's pretty close by. Jesus was baptizing disciples. And uh, some came, some Jews came to John the Baptist and questioned him. Amen. About this going on. And, and, you know, you know, you know, why are you going to respond to this? This other guy over here that you baptize over here baptizing. And it's insinuating, amen, that he's actually got more followers and baptizing more at this particular time than John was. And so here's how John responds to him. John answers and said, a man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. 
He goes on to use the illustration as being not, not the groom, a man in, in, in this wedding as he talks about it, but he's just the best man. But he's not the one that's going to receive the bride. He's not the one that's going to take the bride home. Amen. But, but here he is as the best man in this. And he goes on, he says, I must decrease, but he must increase. I love to went to other places, the gifts and callings and things of that nature. Hey, they all come from heaven. Amen. We, we haven't earned this. It's by his grace, his mercy, his compassion that, that, that opens up the windows, that opens up the doors, that, that gives us these opportunities to be used of him, directed of him, anointed of him. Amen. As we give ourselves unto him. I'm telling you, God, God wants to use you. Amen. Don't ever think he doesn't. I'm telling you, God wants to use every vessel in this house in some form, in some manner, in some I'm telling you, a beautiful way. There's gifts and operations and times. I'm telling you, there's no telling what will happen when this thing really gets to snowballing and really gets to transpire and happen. Amen. I'm telling you, there is no telling who may walk through them doors and what may happen. Amen. It's we'll just believe God, trust God. And not only that, I was going to talk a little bit about uh, caring about one another. Amen. Being concerned about one another. Caring for one another. Loving one another. I'm telling you, I, you know, as much as I may not like some parts of my body, amen, I'm not interested in cutting any of them off. I'm not interested in throwing them away. Amen. Thank God for them. I hope blood keeps going to them. Hallelujah. You know, life keeps going. They keep functioning, operating, doing what they're supposed to do. I got some things in this body I can't even pronounce it. Let's know what it know what it does. But I'm not interested in nobody going there and taking it out. Amen. Just leave it alone. Whatever it's supposed to do, it's doing it. Praise God. Just leave it alone. And so that's the same way with the, the house of God and the gifts of God, the calls of God upon the house of God. You may not understand all of that. You may not understand all the gifting and the tongues interpretations and, and, and gifts of healing and, and how God uses it and how God works. But you know what? If we'll just open our hearts up and our minds up and don't be jealous toward anybody. Amen. If God wants to use us. In fact, our prayers ought to be bless them. Anoint them. God use them. Amen. You know why? Because watch this. I'm going to tell you something God I feel really, really impressed me with. Because if any one of us, as I as a member, I just use myself. Amen. As a part of this body. Amen. If I become infected, if I become diseased, as I start you know, uh, participating and taking on things. Amen. That's unwholesome. That's ungodly. You know what? It's going to affect you. If you really believe what Paul told us in Corinthians about being a part of the body and all of us is fit and jointly joint together and fitly knit together and we're one of another. Amen. You know what? It, when I take that on, it's going to affect you. And so whenever I start participating and get pulled in and lured into things that's unwholesome and unrighteous, amen, it's going to affect the whole body. So sometimes I need to look at things and say, you know what? For the body's sake. For the sake of the body. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to give that opportunity. For a way for the devil. To use me. To destroy. Some of the body. And could destroy the whole body. We're seeing whole churches. I, I know I got you standing. But watch this. That whole church didn't backslide and go and fall off the side all at once and all by itself. But it was one member at a time. Just like any disease and whatever. Now some's more aggressive than others. They could destroy us. Anthony, our, our salesman, told me this week, we was talking about things and how things had suddenly happened to change. He has a friend uh, that's the way I understood it, he's known them pretty well all their lives. Two brothers and a sister. The older brother, which is about 60, his wife had been trying to get him to go and get a physical for the last couple of years. He finally took 
three or four weeks ago to go. Took a day off work to go. Got there. It was one of these little clinics up at, it wasn't even the one at State Line. It was a different one. And, uh, and his, uh, they called him in the day or two and told him, said, hey, your white cells, they're over 800. Uh, we need you to go to State Line Hospital down there and get this retested. They, they something probably something not right. He goes, when he goes down the next day, they kind of call him his day or two, they up to 900. They call him up and tell him, hey, you got to go to Mobile, a certain doctor down there in Mobile. They get him down there, it's over 1,000. Come to find out he had leukemia. Didn't have no symptoms, no pain, nothing. He mad, but he's got leukemia going through the 30 days. I told him we would be praying for him and praying for the, uh, that God's hand would show them mercy and grace. But I'm telling you, in one moment of time, man, and that's the same way the devil, he's looking for fiery darts. He's looking for an access. He's looking for a means and ways. And that's the reason every one of us sometimes need to be elders toward one another. Amen. For the body's sake, man. I'm going to keep the guard up. I'm going to let the love of Christ. I didn't get that far, but, but the Bible says charity covers a multitude of sin. Having genuine, true love for God and the people of God and the body of Christ. That love, amen, can keep us together when... Sometimes maybe nothing else will. And hold on to that vessel until it can be brought back and pulled back into health and strength and ability. Let's love one another, care about one another, pray for one another. Let's be the church. Let's just be the church. Let's be the church that God's calling us to be. Let's be the vessels with this heavenly treasure. And let this treasure help us, to lead us, guide us, unite us together as God's people. Lord, we love you tonight. <clears throat> We're so thankful for your goodness and grace and mercy. Another opportunity to stand before your people. That is washed by your blood and sealed by your spirit and baptized in your name. God, we're just glad to be a part. A part of the church, a part of this assembly. As you move upon our hearts, our minds, our spirits, the remainder of this week. Guide us, direct us, help us. Help us be mindful of one another. Help us show the concern and care. Help us, God, to take out the time to pray, to intercede, and to cry out, to draw nearer to you, but yet to one another. It's impossible, God, for us to draw nearer to you without drawing nearer to one another. And so, God, as you give us the health and strength and the abilities and the anointing, God, I'm thankful for what you're already doing. I'm thankful for the church and as powerful as it is. But, God, I'm believing that we can be more and more as you would have us to be as you put your anointing and your touch upon our hearts upon our minds. You're providing our every need. You're providing the way. And in this end time, God, somebody's going to have revival in this end time. Somebody's going to fight the fight in this end time. Somebody's going to see the miraculous hand and the powers of God moving. And God, we elect to be a part of that number. We elect God to choose, amen, to be a part of that group. And you'd help us to humble ourselves, yield ourselves, give ourselves unto you in prayer and reading and studying, doing the things that you've called us to do. Giving you the thanks for it. Giving you the praise for it. And the honor for it tonight for every precious soul that's in this house and every precious soul that you're going to give us in the name of Jesus Christ we pray love you tonight appreciate you God bless you